Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 918. You know, treat other people as you'd like to be treated yourself, and you're actually going to get on fine. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Justin Bell. Hey, Justin, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Do you know what I am? The, I've cinched down tight and strapped in, and that normally means I go faster. So uh, I hope I'm ready for you. <laughs> I'll do my best to keep it between the guardrails, as they say. Justin Bell is a TV and web show host with a lifetime of experience in the racing and automotive world. His career began in 1988, and since then, his accomplishments include the 1997 FIA GT2 World Championship, winning the 24 Hours of Le Mans in 1998, and a second-place finish in Le Mans and Daytona, and a pair of SCCA Trans Am wins. He's raced for major car manufacturers, including Saab, Peugeot, Porsche, BMW, Dodge and General Motors. He's driven for Dodge Viper and the General Motors and their Corvette racing team at Daytona 24 Hour, Le Mans, Petit Le Mans. And today, Justin spends a lot of his time expanding his broadcasting and hosting career, living in Los Angeles, writing new shows and hosting for a variety of clients. And of course, his father is the famed Derek Bell, the noted professional race car driver with a long career racing and winning numerous championships. And of course, his father was my guest yesterday on Cars Yeah! Appropriately, he was guest number 917, given his days racing the iconic Porsche 917. So Justin, being guest number 918 isn't too bad either. Porsche makes kind of a cool car with that number on it. So please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your history and an obvious passion for automobiles and race cars. Well, well, first of all, I love being 918. It's, <laughs> it's absolutely appropriate. It's like it goes just as fast as the old one, but has a little better technology. Yes. That, that really sums me up between me and dad. <laughs> yeah. I'll go with that. Okay. Well, you know, hey, everyone, you know, thank, thanks so much for having me on here. Uh, yes. For me, just a world of racing has been my life. And I'm, you know, I'm forever grateful for that. I think if, if I had one regret, it's that there were many years I didn't realize quite how lucky I was to be involved. <laughs> so yes. I think that's what we're all like. It's not really a regret. It's just like a contemplation. But definitely, you know, when you're in the middle of your racing career and you're you're pushing hard, time flies so fast. You know, it's it's so target oriented. And, you know, you go from I'm a, I want to be in Formula One and then to uh, I want to be an Indy car to wow, now I'm in sports cars. And definitely my career was very much centered around try. I'm not saying I had to get out from underneath my dad's shadow, but I realized that I had to find my way. Yes. As you could already tell, he's a very straightforward, pragmatic, passionate guy. But you know, he didn't really believe in, uh, you know, sort of overly helping in the wrong way. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> children. Right. He's missed anti-nepotism. It must be a British thing. Yes. Uh, so it worked, but it worked for me. And I got to say, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but standing on the podium with him at Le Mans was a life-changing thing in the Harrods McLaren in 95. Mm. Who would have known two years later I'd have been back there uh, winning it with Dodge and then the, then the world championship. So it, everything went fantastically, but I'm, and I just, think as I transition towards uh, hosting shows and being a part of all that, I got to tell, tell everybody that uh, if you're connected with cars and you, you love cars, uh, it's a wonderful world to be in. And for me, it's, it's now migrated to being not just about cars, but it, it's the people. 
I'm passionate, I guess, at the same way you are. <laughs> yes. You know, it's about the people that make it all tick. And I guess I'm more of a, a communicator about the world of cars than I am a technician. And that's for sure. So I love what I'm doing now. Yes. Well, you're so fun to follow along. And I'll encourage my listeners that you should really follow Justin along on Facebook because here's a guy that is, all, I mean, you're everywhere. I, I This is why it's been so hard to get you on the show. Trying to keep yes. up with you, buddy. I can't push my throttle pedal hard enough because every time I think I've arrived at where you are, you're already on to the next gig. So yeah, it's been wild, hasn't it? And you know, the the more you get out there, and you get immersed in in outside racing, and that's what's happening to me now. Mm-hmm. It, the world of performance, the world of you, and the world of enthusiasts, which just has blown my mind. Look where I was this week. I was with McLaren owners. I know, and cool. That's a whole different demographic. Yes, and it just yes, it just reminds you of your, one's own financial mediocrity. Let's put it like that. <laughs> it's like going to Pebble Beach Car Week. You come home thinking you're like the rest of those guys, and then your Visa card. Bill shows up and you go, no, yeah. I, no I'm not. Yeah. I'm so not like the other guys. But, <laughs> no. but you know what? I And this is the thing. The only equalizer is I can drive faster than someone. There you go. So I'm going to go with that. <laughs> well, plus you get to hang out with them. I've had a lot of great father-son teams here on the show. The uh, Lion Dykes are one, to be example, of a racing family. I've had both yeah. the senior and junior on. But as we continue on your journey, Justin, I want to first start by asking you for a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of a saying that has great meaning for you. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires smoking here on cars yeah so justin take the wheel my dad was always a, a guy that gave us uh, my sister and i melanie and i a very firm hand and in, in good guidance and he was he always said to me you know jb i'd rather you were a gentleman than was good at school and i have to say i followed him right up on that point um, <laughs> but you know as i think you've seen from talking with dad and everybody that's listening that knows him knows that he's a man that to this day is loved by nearly everybody and respected in racing. Not a bad word said about him. And I think it goes down to this mantra that he told me very young. He said, you know, and everyone knows this one, but, you know, treat other people as you'd like to be treated yourself and you're, you're actually going to get on fine. Yeah. And it's the way the bells operate. I think we're very aware and have empathy for people. And hopefully that comes across and people respond to us like that. So that would be what I say. It's what I tell my son. I said, you know, just think about it for a minute. Would you like to be like treated like that? Mm. Whether it's a mechanic, whether it's a fan, whether it's a team owner, whether it's just some, you know, someone asking for an autograph or the guy, the, the milkman, as we'd say. So yes. that's how I've lived my life. And, and it doesn't always pay to be the good guy, but I'd like to think in the long run, right? Yes. In this crazy race, it might do, might just pay. It always does. And the apple did not fall far from the tree in the, uh, the Bell family. That's for sure. I've had the pleasure, of course, of talking with your dad on the show here and meeting him before at some of the many racing events. He's always kind and generous and thoughtful and certainly rubs off on the family. So great way to live your life. Hey, I've got to tell you something funny, Mark. Last yeah. night, I'm, I was, uh, two nights ago, I was uh, just FaceTiming with dad. He was flying back to England. And he goes and says, and I said, Dad, I'm we, you hosted this event last year. I said, everyone, the first thing they say is, oh, my God, your dad is such a nice guy, such a gentleman, yeah. shared so many stories. Gosh, he's fast in the car. I said, Dad, you've got to quit. It's too, <laughs> too much pressure. Yes. I said, everyone likes you so much. And I even said to these McLaren owners, I was like, well, so where do I fit in? How do, how do I follow that? So anyway. <laughs> yeah. Tongue-in-cheek, uh, it's, uh, it's certainly an act to follow. Nothing wrong with setting that bar high for our children to uh, aspire to, and I think you're very 
very fortunate to have a father that you have. Yeah. Well, let's go back in time. I mean, this is a li- probably a little bit of an obvious answer to this question, but I'd love for you to share a story that instigated your passion for cars. Growing up with a dad, like your father in racing, has to have made a big influence on you. But is there a pivotal moment as you remember it that you said, you know what, I'm a car guy too? Yeah. So I, I've got to say, can you imagine what it's like being the son of someone who's at the top of their game as you grow up through the 80s, you know, your 70s, you're a young kid. You, my sister and I didn't really, we knew dad was a racing driver. We had no clue what it meant to be at his level at that time. Probably the same for Paul Stewart and uh, probably the same for kids in other industries. Nick Mason's daughter, Chloe, she didn't r- really know that Nick was a rock star. But the trouble is, she had only ever been to Wembley to watch him mm. for one of these big festivals. Yeah. He's the drummer for the Pink Floyd. For oh, people yes. Him. I have other friends who are actors whose kids have sat and watched them on movie sets. Uh, but they didn't. Chad McQueen, for example, he didn't know what it meant to be on the set of a big movie because he'd never been to a little theater. Right. Chloe's never been to a pub and watched bands play, her dad play, and I'd never been to a small race. I'd only been to the Silverstone thousand kilometers and, you know, Kailami and and Le Mans. Mm -hmm. So I know that sounds a bit spoiled maybe to people, but that's what dad was doing. So I didn't know how you started. I had no connection. Mm. I just went to the big races. I was just about to turn 17. And my friend James, my best mate, his dad took us to the Formula Ford Festival Mm -hmm. at Brands Hatch. And suddenly I'm going, oh, these kids are my age. What? They're driving around in Formula Fords? That could be me. Yeah. <laughs> Where have I been all this time? Yeah, what am I you know, doing? And, and like, what am I doing? So I went home that night and said to dad, dad, I want to be a racing driver. Hmm. I want to try it. And his words were, anyone that knows him knows that like all Brits, we have a fair command of the English language. I'll spare you on this podcast. But it went something like how the hell do we tell your mother and and (laughs) so so anyway that was a moment and i tell you what it was it was absolutely crystal clear in my mind i suddenly i hadn't seen the ladder and now i saw the first rung Uh, you know i didn't even know it was a rad ladder and that got me then and we did uh, we he made me work all summer to get the money together on my grandfather picked potatoes all summer smart to uh which was really charming uh, obviously being a dad i tell my son you know nothing about hard work oh, yeah. I've done potatoes yeah I, I mean it's as boring as it was to hear dad tell me his stories about yep. working as a teenager anyway that, that i did donnington formula ford school and then next thing is we rented a little formula ford i went to brand hatch and that was it wow wow what an awesome story you know and yeah. That tells a little more tale about your father and the fact that he made you work hard so that you respected what you earned. That is such an important lesson that we hand down to our children versus just handing them things. Uh, it means so much more to them. So another yeah. great insight into your great father. Well, I want to take a look at some of the many roads you've driven down. You did choose a career that is fraught with ups and downs. Racing, it is not easy. Competition, costs, everything combined. So what was a big challenge or a big failure that you faced along the way in your career? career that really kind of set you back. Take us there. Tell us about that. But more importantly, what did that experience teach you so that you could gain even more momentum and move forward after that? You know, I I would like to be able to, you know, what a fortunate man you'd be just to look back and see one dark corner of your memory, right? (laughs) I don't think, unfortunately, that's the case. I came into racing with eyes wide open. People said, oh, you know, you got into it because pretty girls and there's money and fast cars. And I was like, you know, actually, maybe if you've only ever read Autosport or <laughs> Motor Trend or Racer or something and you're a little kid, you'd think that. But I'm, we lost a lot of friends growing up 
there were a lot of people that died yeah. when I was a kid and I saw the pain it caused my mum and dad and everyone around us. So I, I think I was well qualified to make the decision whether I wanted to be in it. That's not the answer to your question, but that sets the scene. So when I was moving my way up, I got into racing. As I said, it just happened that, that you know, I had the opportunity, I got into it. I didn't have a plan. And it was, that was the worst thing. Bells, we're not very good at plans. Mm -hmm. And that came from a very organic growth into motorsport. Mm -hmm. And you know that story. So we never really had a strategy or a plan. And and I've only heard recently a a great kind of quote about, you know, a man without a plan really doesn't ever get to where he's going to because he doesn't know where he's heading. And, And I was a little bit like that. I was fast, but maybe I wasn't as committed as I should have been. And I got I got to opportunities and every time I had an opportunity, I, I did maximize it as I got older. Where it really, for me, the gray areas came in where because racing didn't really give you in the early stages much of an income, you looked elsewhere. And I, I discovered something very early on to earn, you know, elsewhere to earn living. I connected with racing and the world of cars, but I was very entrepreneurial. Mm. And I was very aspirational and I, and I, I believed there was more out there. So I, I get, I got involved in things that to be honest, Mark, I shouldn't have got involved with like uh, a racing school. Ah. It, when I was racing for Corvette, suddenly I have a racing school. My friends, Ron Fellows and um, Kelly Collins and uh, Andy Pilgrim, they're all just working out and uh, Andy runs a big business, but you know, mm-hmm. working out, playing golf, focusing on the next opportunity in racing. I was worrying about payroll and, ah. and, and trying to get sales for the school. So it took me a long time until a wonderful old man, Edgar Otto, his father actually co-founded NASCAR with the France family in the early days. And Ed, Edgar still raced historic NASCARs until recently. He looked at me one day and he said, Justin, you can't ride two horses. I know that's, <laughs> yeah. another, that's another mantra, but yeah. he's like, you've got to focus on what you want to be. Yep. And so it was that tied in with the failure of my it was a failure of the racing school it went down and uh for many reasons it was a brilliant program we ran all z06 the people that came on it love it to this day i see people maybe some of the listeners even came we had a great time Mm -hmm. but i realized that i'm I'm more of an artist let's put it than a businessman Mm. and uh i can paint the picture and get it started but i can't run it so it was at that moment, I've got to tell you that I realized this is what I, I need to focus on Justin Bell. So I know it may not sound, it's not as maybe as great as some people saying, uh, you know, the, the challenge. But for me, a challenge when your name is in jeopardy, your career's in jeopardy, you know, you, you don't know where you're heading. That is, I think, the biggest challenge I overcame. And it was a rolling overcoming. <laughs> it didn't, it wasn't a lightning bolt. Let's just say it was a rumbling cloud for quite a while. And when it cleared, I got to say, I don't think I would be doing what I'm doing now if I hadn't realized that, you know, I've got some I've got some really good skills. I have a lot of people that believe in me. I've got to believe in myself a bit more and, uh, you know, know what what I want to be when I grow up. And it changed everything. Very nice story. And I appreciate you sharing that. Of course, Ron and Andy past guests here on Cars. Yeah. And, you know, my takeaway from that lesson there that's so, so important is exactly what you said. Figure out what you're strengths are and focus 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 on those because the shiny object syndromes that we get involved with oh i should go do that oh and i should go do that and i go and it just it diversifies your talent in a way that can sometimes cause things to crumble so totally (laughs) great lesson in life there that you've shared with us i appreciate that well let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum i'd love for you to share what i call a career aha moment yeah one of those times when the lights illuminate the right path for you to head down what was yours 
it is at the end of that cloud I told you about. It was, I realized, you know, and that you set out in racing to, I think anyone that sets out in any sport sets out with an idea you're going to be the best in that sport. You can't do what we do without believing you're going to be, I mean, they were younger than me at the time, be an Elio Castroneves or, a, a, you know, a, a, a Tony Stewart or, mm-hmm. Whoever it is, you, you, Alonso, you, you believe that's what gets you. That's why you work so hard to get there. You know, obviously in my day, it was Damon Hill and Nigel Mansell. And, you know, they were ahead of, you know, they were the era before me. And I looked at it and I was like, that's what I'm going to be having such a, and maybe this is where my story will digress from everybody else's is that having such a, a a father who really was made such a, a, a land, it may become such an icon in our industry. I realized that I, uh, it's not that I was never going to do what he achieved. I was very, very proud of what I'd done. But there's not many people that become Derek Bells or Tom Christiansons. There's a lot of people that don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if they won a lot of races, some just don't have the personality to hold it or whatever. Right. So where it, you know, dad does and Jackie Stewart does and Sterling and all those guys. So I'm looking at it and I'm going, do you know the one, th- the thing that makes me hold my head up proud right now is I believe I can become the best guy on TV and the web for cars. <laughs> that was my, my yeah. thing. I want to be the biggest host. Mm-hmm. I want to be Jeff Gordon of the screen. I'm a communicator. And I and that moment when I got the opportunity to really go for it at Speed Channel and realize that broadcasting wasn't my thing, but being me was my thing mm. uh, in whatever form that was. And absolutely adopting and and having the opportunity to come to LA. Actually, Jay Leno asked me to host his Ford Celebrity Green Card Challenge on his NBC late night show. Mm-hmm. It got me to LA. I realized uh, this is what I have to absolutely do. And it was aha moment. I, I walked for the first time down the pit lane going, hey, instead of going, hey, have you got to drive? You've got to drive. What's going on? You know, right. and, and team managers looking at you like you're, a, you know, I don't know. You're like, <laughs> get, out of, get out of here, get kid. Out of here. <laughs> Believe me, every driver knows that feeling. Yeah. I could walk down there and stare at everyone's eyes and, you know, and I was like, you know what, this is a very, uh, this is my direction. And I, and I believe I'm good at it. And I, I get that feedback from people. And there's one more bit to this I would like to add. Yes. Is uh, that dad, in the same way he was someone that was very against nepotism, often had to feel he would, he was so proud of me, even when I was in motocross, you know, if you win, God, his pride, when I won Le Mans, you know, just, it was amazing, those moments, but he would always feel in a way, he maybe had to apologize that his son, I don't know, not, he didn't ever apologize for me, but he was just such a gentleman, it was like, you know, he's just in as fast as Tony, and they'd be like, like, well, you know, I'm not sure, you know, he was always playing devil's advocate, and Mm, sometimes you don't need that, but when it came to my TV and hosting career, He'll just stand there and say, absolutely, he's the best. <laughs> and for me, that makes that my proudest, you know, the proudest thing about it. Well, absolutely. And um, definitely you have found your place, that's for sure. Because as I mentioned earlier, I love watching you talk about things because your passion really comes through. And, and the added value that you have raised, so you know what you're talking about is so important for people, especially those of us in motorsports, because you can tell really quick when an announcer doesn't really know their subject very well. Yeah. And it comes across no matter how great they are. And you kind of answer that next question about proudest career moment so i'd like to talk about your first really special car it could be the first special race car you ever raced or the first special car you ever owned but what was that vehicle for you um it it was it was definitely my first car 
like like that opportunity for, for everybody feels you get your freedom right and in england it's a 17 and i've been racing i mean i've been racing motocross i've driven cars on the farm for probably five or six years by the time years by the time i was 17 and i wanted a golf gti and it was a little baby golf gti not a fancy one but it was still a gti anyone in england knows if it was a 205 peugeot gtr or golf gti it was what it was the bees knees right right so i get that car and i really had to hustle mom and dad to get it and of course immediately it was it was an awful sort of beige color it was it was it it, it, it really did it looked like ugh. i mean it, yeah it, it just looked like a kind of so, wet labrador driving along <laughs> but it was it was my car and a black interior little five-speed gearbox and i just flew everywhere with it and i was the first one out of my mates to get the car so we'd bomb around everywhere and then i also i need to tell you uh something about this car this experience why it stuck in my mind yeah i also got my first real girlfriend at the same time uh. so now i'm juggling a couple of new skills i was trying to master <laughs> and let's just say i had we'd picked her i picked her up from school where she was in the same school as me we were going back to her place there was a slower vehicle on a left-hand bend, so I went round the outside of them while she was trying to practice a new skill she had just been learning. So three things were going on. I had my license two weeks. I had my girlfriend really providing me with inspiration and, and enjoyment on a journey home. <laughs> okay. And I tried an, and I tried a very dodgy overtaking maneuver. Travel went in the ditch, and I mean, poor girl. I think she's had a constant fear of german cars yes probably <laughs> and an overbite so oh. you know so it's been so we is crazy time cars in a ditch girlfriends crying i didn't call my dad i called my friend james's dad mm. uh, john came along looked at it and said that's written off i had no clue i didn't know that oh no so anyway my little car it but it sticks out in my mind to it gets down to focus Yep. Now what? Uh, you can't ride two bikes. <laughs> no, nor three. So, <laughs> oh, what a great story! I love it. Yes, my wife and I—the first new car we bought her when we were married was the uh, Jetta GLI. Exactly. I know it with a five-speed manual. I love that little gear shift knob. It was like a little golf ball. I remember yeah, it right. Absolutely, and, uh, it was. Yes, very fun car. And my first new car was a 79 VW Scirocco. Oh, yeah. Very much the same kind of vehicle as your DTI with that cool little shifter. So, yep, fun cars. I love those old German cars and the new ones, too. Well, how about a vehicle you've let go? Is there a seller's remorse story in your life? Uh, let's just say it's the one that you didn't buy that you didn't that you didn't have a chance oh, to let go. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's it's uh, I mean. I know Dad will have told you about his <laughs> his cars that he had to let go. Um, yeah. yeah. Do you know, it, it was – actually, do you know, I'm going to revise what I was going to say. Yes, I do. The car that I should – that signified my career and I was driving one the other day and it almost brought me a little tear. When I was racing for Dodge, we just won the world championship. We do this big thing in the Ren Center in Detroit, mm -hmm. which, guys, is the big towers right by the river, overlooking basically Canada. And it was a huge thing for them. It was the first world championship yeah. that Dodge had ever had. And so it was a big deal. Bob Lutt, everyone, the board, everybody inside the middle of the Ren Center. I drove the championship winning car up one of the corridors. They still have like ripples in the line at linoleum from where I spun it. I when I wheel spun it, carbon brakes, obviously stone cold, and I'm basically foot 
leg pumping, quivering as I'm heading towards the entire board of, <laughs> of, course. of the company. Board of directors, to not to kill them yeah, all. <laughs> not to kill them all. I stopped the car. Anyway, while we were at dinner that night, they said, you know, we're going to make 100 limited edition GT2 Vipers. They're going to be special wings, special paintwork, our yeah. paint, the same paint job. I, inver- I thought it was when Daimler Chrysler were together, and I thought, I'm going to be racing for Mercedes and DTM next year. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. You know, wow, sure. grand ambitions. I said, I'll have number 52, the yeah. car I number I wanted, of the 100. Yeah. Yes, okay. Anyway, time went by. About nine months later, I wasn't with Mercedes. but still doing Viper stuff, and a fax came through, fun old fax, saying, your car's ready. Please send us $68,000. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so anyway, I did. I got the car. I took it. I was the only one that imported to England. But when I moved to Florida to race for Chevy in, in 2000, end of 99, I needed the cash. Yep. So I sold it. The only one in Europe, I sold it. But I'd driven it everywhere, down to Le Mans two or three times, all the way to the south of France. And that car... And when I saw them at Bondurant the other day, there was an owner's thing with all the Viper club members. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just looked at it and just went, oh, my God, that car. Why did I blocked it from my memory? Yep. And it wasn't because of the financial value. It was just because it kind of summed up the, the most significant period of my racing career. So, uh, yeah, that's it. number 52. If you, whoever owns it. Just will it back to me. Yeah, there you go. We'll make sure that happens. No problem. (laughs) Well, what are you working on today and what's coming up next year that has you really excited and fired up? Well, let's talk IMSA, right? Yes. The IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship is a missile heading into the stratosphere. And I am so excited to be a part of it. And, you know, we watched the series uh, make exactly the right decisions. Sometimes you didn't know they were the right ones at the time, Mm -hmm. but they basically outplayed the ACO and the FIA, and they've ended up with the DPI category, which is the way to go. I mean, Fernando Alonso is going to be at Daytona. Elio Castaneves, Juan Pablo Montoya. I just uh, there's a fun interview on my on on my uh, Facebook and YouTube of me chatting with them at the last race at Petit Le Mans. You know, yes. they're there with Penske. You've got Yost coming into it. it the, the list. I actually think that's just in the prototypes, which let's face it, has been a little bit soft mm-hmm. uh, with with in the last few years. But GT is, I think, what seven or eight manufacturers, uh, and GT is where my heart lies, right. and I love it. I, I'm not going to say I'm the face of the series, but uh, it, I'm used to do the open of the shows. I do all the special features, and that is incredible. And the more I can do, the better. Uh, I'm, that is my primary thing. I do a lot with Michelin. I'm totally excited about what we've got going on next year. A lot of influencer events around there, Pilot Sport 4S, New Tire. Yeah. And uh, But you know what? I told you, it's about my brand and what I'm trying to do, and I am 100% committed to building my brand online and it's not just a a desire it's a it's a necessity and i've been a little slack on that because i've got tens and tens of millions of views on other people's channels but now it's my time i have to and the audiences say i i I, it's a good thing but you know what you know how it goes mark it's really a slow slow process oh yes and you're going, really? Six more people liked me on Facebook? <laughs> I know. Yeah. Are you serious? And, you know, and at the same time, you know, like, I remember funny things like, I just drove, well, no, I'll give you an example. I just drove the 720S. There's 900 views on YouTube. Uh, someone else just showed themselves eating a burrito. Another guy, uh, <laughs> or, or he's new driving shoes, and he's got 75,000 views. I know. Views. You go, come on. Come on, you know? yeah. But, well. it, but it'll go. It'll go. It'll move. And it will. So everyone listening, please tell a friend who tells a friend who tells a friend. There you and, go. Uh, it'll get Justin Bell TV. I, but I love it. I love it. 
And it's like everything in life. If you worry about the money, it won't come. If you worry about that, it won't. It'll be slower. I'm just enjoying doing it. Well, you're doing a brilliant job. And, of course, now that you're on Cars Yeah, those Facebook likes are going to go up stratospherically with all of my listeners. So don't worry. I'm I'm taking good care of you, Justin. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Where do I send the check? Your futures. Oh, well, I'll send you my address. (laughs) That would be nice. But, uh, you know, you're just doing a fantastic job. And I think you've got your focus laser set. And that's what you have to do in this game for sure. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Justin. If you were a car, if you were manifested into a car, what would that vehicle be and why? Ooh, now that's bounced around a bit in my head because am I a modern car? I drove that 720S and I thought there is nothing finer in the world. That's absolutely the latest. Ah, and then I went, oh, but I actually do like, I like the the uh, visceral nature of older cars. Yes. I really do. Uh-huh. That's why I'm maybe, you know, the people that love Vipers can be put into the, you know, the asylum really. <laughs> you know, walls. But, but, you know, it is something you're passionate about. But I drove something the other day. Uh, my friend Yola, uh, Fusion Motors, does these 67, 68 Eleanor Recreation Mustangs. Oh, yeah. And I'll tell you what, that is ever since I did all that Barrett Jackson stuff and I saw what could be called resto mods, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But think about it. You've got the power, the raw feeling of it. It's funny how for a Brit who didn't grow up with it, I love American muscle cars. Mm-hmm. But I don't like necessarily the way they drive and all the problems you'd have. Right, so right. for me, having a car that, that has that look, that classic lines, the fast back lines with, you know, a gearbox that's crisp and precise with great Brembo brakes with electronics that can work and maybe some AC. Yep. So right now, if you had to tell me, I mean, why not? I was born in 68, but I've got modern bits. Yeah. So that'll be me. So um, I like I've got a modern, a modern attitude with a, with a, a good guttural engine. And so um, I'm going to go with, I'm an Eleanor. Let me, let me be that. Well thought through, Justin. Justin Eleanor Bell. I like the way the sound of that. Yeah, very nice. Well, Justin, up next is the last lap. You know what that means? We're going to be putting the pedal to the metal. But first, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Well, we're into December now, and the holidays are here. And if you have an automotive enthusiast on your list that's hard to buy for, get them a Covercraft gift card. They can go and order anything they want from the Covercraft website. All sorts of things are there, including car covers, dash covers, seat covers, sunscreens, front-end protection, floor mats, canine covers, work truck, power sports covers. There's everything there for the automotive enthusiast to take care of their special vehicles. I've been a Covercraft user since 1975. That's right, all the way back to high school. So go to Covercraft.com, click on the gift card button, order it in any denomination you'd like. You can put it in the mail, they'll ship it for you, stick it in a stocking, and you'll make somebody very happy. That's Covercraft.com, Covercraft gift cards at Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimball.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, FINRA, SIPC. 
Okay, Justin, we are back, and we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. Are you ready? Yes. Here we go. What's the best automotive advice or racing advice you've ever received? Don't fall off. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Yeah, back to the horses. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? I wake up every morning and believe this is a better day. Total optimism. Attitude of gratitude for getting out of bed. Do you have a resource that you think our listeners would really enjoy? Do you know, I'm a, I, I absolutely, uh, I love Motor Trend. I love being around them. I love those guys. I love the journalists. I'm a big Motor Trend fan. So, so I would, I would, I, if I need to know something, I, I go and check. I need to know how a car's working and what the real view is. I go to Motor Trend. So they're my, they're my people. Absolutely. Great, great resource. Now, if I could arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that be? Oh, I'm lucky to have met all the living ones. But just because I think he must have been such a, a rock star, would have been, I would like to have hung out with James Hunt. Oh, as yeah. Oh, I think we, I Party. Think, I think we could have, I could, I have all the makings of a very naughty boy, and I think I would have got on well with him. Oh, that could have been a troublesome pair, I think, right there. Maybe best that you didn't hang out yeah. with him. Oh, that could have led you astray. Well, how about a book? Is there a book you've read that you've really enjoyed you'd like to share with us? Yeah, just so you know, I have two books. The the book I still read once a year is Jonathan Livingston Seagull oh. by Richard Park. <laughs> I've read it every year of my life since I was 10. Uh, yeah. And that is, uh, my son reads it now. I make sure he does. I don't know. Fits him with my optimism. But right with the book that I'm reading right now, let's give a plug to my man, Magnus Walker. Ah. Uh, Dirt Don't Slow You Down. And actually, uh, he's, he's a great, dear friend and I'm very proud because a photograph I took of him and Karen using my uh, – I, I shoot black and white films, something no one knows, nice. uh, an old Hasselblad and a Leica and my pictures at the front. So I, every time I look at it, it's pretty cool. Ah, that's great. Yes, Magnus was my 100th guest here on Cars. Yeah, I'm going to have him back because he just launched a new book about himself. So we're going to talk about that. Very, very cool. But uh, yeah. Great yeah, that's the book for me. Dirt yeah. Don't Slow You Down. Magnus Dirt Don't Slow You Down. There you go. I like it. Well, listeners, you can find all these great resources on Justin's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Justin Bell. That page will pop right up. And again, I'll remind you, if you'd like to listen to uh, Justin's other half, his father, he was a guest yesterday on Cars yeah, and his show is posted up there as well. All right. We are up to the checkered flag. Here's the fun one. This question, though, can be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you any cool collector car race car motorcycle i don't care what it is something really awesome to park in your garage but i want you to enjoy it drive it you can't sell it buy a bunch of other toys with that little tricks off the table but money's no object because i'm writing the check today i'm your big sponsor what would that car be and why i i think you could have asked a car guy any other question in the world and that is the worst <laughs> yes um, i know it's the worst I'm, and the best i'm it's sorry the worst and the best <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna link it to something that again i probably I, I don't think i'd regret it i'd say my dad Racing for Ferrari, our family car was a a Daytona, Uh and we used to drive back and forth to Italy in it as kids. It's a longer story, so I won't bore you on it, but it really, uh, you know, was a a big part of my first car memory. Um, I would have a that Ferrari bluey silver Ferrari Daytona, and um, the kids are too big to go in the back now, but they can Uber. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Just to go in a straight line for long distances. Oh, goodness, yes. This is 5GTB, basically. Yeah, ah, oh, beautiful car, beautiful car. 
Love it. Well, I'd happy, I'm happy to go find you one of those. I think you'd look great, uh, tooling down the coast highway down there in Los Angeles on a sunny day. So, um, I'll get to work on that for you. Well, Justin, you have taken me on a great ride today. I really enjoyed talking with you. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey. You've just begun. Please give us one parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off down the coast highway in that Ferrari Daytona. As I've told many of my friends that get bogged down by business that aren't in our crazy world of cars because i think being a, a racing keeps you young and optimistic but you know you can't lose next week's race worrying about yesterday's mm. so you know you reset on a monday and you you attack all over again and uh i think if you if you do that in the end you might win a championship you know whatever wise words and what's the best way for our listeners to follow along with your exciting world and all the things you're doing so i'm at at Justin Bell TV on everything I do. Uh, my website is justinbell.com. Keep an eye out on that because I'm currently going through a massive re, uh, redo of that. Uh, it's going to be much more of a home for everybody that I'm involved with, um, all the brands, all my partners. And, you know, just spread the word and keep an eye out. And all I do in life is I communicate just how fortunate everybody in the world of cars and racing is to be a part of it. And, and maybe if you can't go there, I'll, I'll go instead and I'll tell you what it was like. Absolutely. And I'm very fortunate to have had your time today. Thank you again for being a guest here. And listeners, again, you can go to carsyad.com, type Justin Bell into the search bar. I'll make sure that his show notes page has all the links. If you love anything that's related to motorsports and cars, you need to follow Justin and see what he's up to. His enthusiasm will rub off on you. I promise it. Thank you, Justin, for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with our listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks a lot, Mark. Take care, everyone. Thank you. Bye. You as well. Bye-bye. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Dot com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!